Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Neen James. She's the author of Attention Pays. It's great to have you with us. Thanks. G'day. It's so great to be with you. Good day. It's nice to have you with us. Uh, the book grabs you because immediately I'm thinking, attention pays how? In what way? Does it mm-hmm. pay off monetarily, figuratively, literally? What do you mean by that attention pays? Attention pays when you think about it. Attention is like a currency. And so the more that you invest, the more that you get returned. So think about it in a business sense. When you really give attention to your customers, your clients, your patients, they want to come back because you become top of mind for them. So there's obviously the add-on sell opportunity. There's the increased satisfaction scores that you get. But attention pay is also really, I guess, is beneficial when you think about talent. If you're trying to attract and retain the top talent, Mm -hmm. what you can do is say, this is the company to work for for these reasons. And when you're paying attention to your team, to your employees, they're happier, their satisfaction scores go up as well. And then personally, think about it. When you actually pay attention to the people in your life and make them feel important, they stay around with you longer. And I think that has some amazing benefits. So attention pays us personally, professionally, and that's even globally. So it's across the board. Absolutely. And tell me about the genesis for writing this book. In your personal experience and in your background, do you feel that attention in these three capacities really isn't being paid or it's not being paid enough? I think it's a combination of everything. I think we think we're paying attention, but we're not. And I've always been known for my work in productivity. And I always believed that that was important. But I do believe that you can't manage time. Time management's out the window. Mm -hmm. And that makes no sense to me. It's not that we have a time management crisis. We have an attention crisis. People aren't paying attention anymore. They're distracted by their devices. They're trying to be everything to everyone. They're trying to get everything done. They have never-ending to-do lists, but they don't actually feel like they're getting anything done. Right. And what I've realized... Busy doing nothing is what I say. Busy doing nothing. busy doing nothing. busy is not necessarily productive either. Yeah, you're you're in motion, but you're not accomplishing anything. Right. And I think we were busy like a badge of honor. Have you ever been at an event or a party or at work and they're like, oh my God, I'm so busy. We try and out-busy each other. It's crazy, (laughs) Right. right? But what I do believe in is when you really gift someone your undivided attention, your relationships increase. When you gift your attention to your customers, to your clients, they think of you, they refer you. And when we pay attention to what's happening around us in the world, we can certainly protect things so much differently. We can be much better stewards of the resources we have. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, productivity is important, but it's attention that's critical. And that one's not negotiable. Right. I think there was a New York Times article a few years ago, but it was all about this idea of we're all so busy. (sighs) We're so busy. But you're not because it's a choice. I mean, you're busy, but there are levels to it. And it it was a very unique editorial on And you and I get 1,440 minutes in a day. That's it. You don't get any more than me, right? Mm -hmm. But I think we have this concept we're so busy, but people aren't really busier than each other. But I think we need to stop the crazy. And that's why I do believe that when you pay attention, attention pays. I like that. When you pay attention, attention pays. So it's kind of a double entendre. You mentioned your backgrounds in productivity. This is your third book. It is. The other two, congratulations, first off. Uh, The other two deal in productivity. Uh, Tell us about your background. 
what do you do and, and and how did you sort of, you know, fall into this niche of writing about these particular sure. topics? I grew up in corporate business in Australia. I worked in retail banking, telecommunications and the oil industry. Uh-huh. you got to imagine there's not a lot of chicks in oil. <laughs> and in my roles, I was always being asked to speak to the board at the local best industry conference. Sure. I was always being asked to do the all hands meeting. So I was on my feet speaking a lot. And then uh, someone said to me, you should be a speaker. And I was like, oh, can you make any money out of that? Well, apparently you can. And so I started speaking and I realized I needed to have true thought leadership. So I started to research areas that I was focused on, including productivity. Mm. That's how my first book was born. It was the combination of an enormous amount of blogs and articles I'd written, and I put them in a book. And what was fascinating was productivity is really important, but I realized attention is the evolution of productivity. And that's how Attention Pays was born. So my clients, predominantly corporate, I work with a lot of corporates, associations. And what we found was that when we could teach the leadership to pay attention to what really mattered, they got the results they wanted. When we could get our teams to pay attention to each other and to the client and to leadership, then they got the results they wanted. So it's like this ripple effect. Uh And that's why I think it's so important. So my background was corporate. I still love playing in corporate. And I set up my own company. I've been an entrepreneur for, gosh, 15 years or so now. And at this game, I've been speaking for the same amount of time. And I love it. I mean, I get paid to talk. It's amazing. It shows. It absolutely shows. So what do you think the biggest mistake is people are making when it comes to paying attention, Neen? Because I I think a lot of us think we are paying attention. Sure. And I think what's happening is we feel like if we are with someone, we are paying attention. And that's not necessarily true. I think what we have to do is get super diligent about putting away the devices that are distracting us. Yeah, yours is sitting right here. It is, as a prop, just Can as a prop. Can we get that off yeah. set, please? <laughs> but there's this research that also shows if you have your device on a table when you're sharing a meal with someone, they actually think that they're less important to you. So it's I agree. interesting to have just technology. The Exa- just the right. presence of it, even mm-hmm. if you're not even checking it. Sure. So I think that what's happening is the reason we don't pay attention is we're so distracted. We're distracted by the devices that we carry. We're distracted by the to-do list that's in our head. We're distracted by the multiple meetings. We run from one to the next. Mm-hmm. We get to the end of the day and we go, woohoo, now I can do my real work. You know what I yeah. mean? And so <laughs> we're trying to answer our email while we're walking between meetings. And so I think what's happening is people have stopped their ability to actually look up and look someone in the eye. They've lost the ability to have conversations. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you ask about the weather and all of a sudden they go to find out the weather? Yeah. And I think the default position, I think they want to be helpful. But I think what's happening is they've become so addicted to their technology that they've missed and they're disconnecting from people around them. So what them. would you say in that in that scenario instead of looking just saying, oh, I don't know? Yeah. Or, okay. And just saying, who knows? And then keep the conversation going. Like, I think what happens is in our pursuit to help out the other person, we have to think about, okay, maybe it's not that important and keeping my connection with you is. So we have some rules with some friends of mine and some clients. Uh, Sometimes the friends will play phone stack. So everyone puts their cell phone in the middle of the restaurant table and then the first person to touch it picks up the check. So it's an easy way to keep people engaged. that's a great tactic in general. If you're going out to even a birthday dinner, next birthday dinner I do, I might say, okay, first things first, everybody put their phone yeah. in the middle of the table and One of my that'll clients, change they the have game. a basket outside their meeting room. And so everyone puts their cell phone in the basket, then they go into the meeting and then everyone's engaged in it. So it's not that I'm anti-devices, I'm right. not, but I think we need to give them a place. Yes. And it's a tool. It doesn't rule our life. It's just a tool for our life. And so I think when it comes to thinking about attention, it's about stopping, being present, 
looking someone in the eye, listening mm-hmm. intently. And that's what I call intentional attention because I think it's intention right. that makes attention valuable. C-Suite Radio. So does a lot of the book deal with this digitalization, our attention span and how it relates to this whole There's definitely strategies situation. in here for you at work, at home, and in your community as well. Because as you know, leaders today have so many roles. They are often raising a family and looking after people, whether they're little people or older people. Mm-hmm. They often have leadership roles where they have people who are really relying on them for input and attention and and objectives. But they also often serve in their community, their church, their temple on a board. And so they wear all of these hats. So there's tools and strategies in here for each of the areas of your life, personally, professionally, but also globally. And you talk about the commercialization Mm -hmm. of attention. What do you mean by that? Well, think about it. Businesses, celebrities, they make their money vying for our attention. Like we're paying for their lifestyles and they're quite happy for that to happen. And Mm -hmm. so I think what's happened is attention's got a bad rap. People think of it as this look at me, selfie stick culture. And I want attention to be a great word. I want it to become a positive word. So I really want to make a movement to making attention a positive thing. But when it comes to commercializing your attention, businesses know that when they pay attention to their customers, their customers tell others, their customers come back. Look at great institutions like High Point University run by the president, Dr. Nito Cobain. He's one mm-hmm. of the case studies in the book. He is a walking role model of intentional attention. What's fascinating to me about Nito is he understands the importance of just thoughtfulness. Every single student who approaches Dr. Cobain, he knows their name. Wow. He's not even their teacher. Are they wearing name tags though? No, but this is what's <laughs> so amazing to me. He's the president of the entire university. That's but what amazing. he knows is it's about being thoughtful and making sure that individual student knows that they're valued at that school. And those schools, obviously, you have to write big checks. Right. So companies that have paid attention to this, Viacom, Comcast, where they are actually, think about it, they're paying for their customers, their consumers' attention. But the ones who do it really well get the repeat sale. They attract and retain the best talent and they make their objectives. So you mentioned a company like Viacom. So tell us about mm-hmm. some of these bigger name entities that are doing this really well and, and what were they doing and, and what are they doing now? Yeah, I think there's some companies that I've loved working with to just to watch the way that they're really focusing their leaders and how they're paying attention to what matters. Comcast and Comcast Spotlight. Comcast Spotlight is the advertising sales division doing a great job of making sure that they're paying attention to what really matters. Viacom with all their multiple properties, MTV, mm-hmm. Paramount Pictures, Nickelodeon, in, they're very, very clear on who that viewer is. So they're not just thinking about the consumer, they're thinking about the talent that is managing those relationships. Okay. So they're really focused on that. Trinity Health have done a brilliant job of making sure that their executive team is focusing on what's really mattering, not just for the patients that come into their hospitals, but also so that the leaders pay attention to each other. Mm. And these are just some of the great clients that I love working with. Abbott Pharmaceuticals, you know, there's so many people who have decided they have to really, some of them, they start with a blank sheet of paper. It's what I call zero-based thinking. And then they say, well, if we could create an experience for this patient, this credit union member, this uh, new advertiser, what would we want that to be? Okay. And how do we make them feel seen and heard? And that's what I think attention's all about. Right. Well, that's what I'm wondering, sort of, what's the starting point? You know, if there is a problem and we want to fix it, where do you start with sort of uh, being able to 
analyze your attention situation in terms of how do I fix it, but but where do you start? You know, what's your recommendation? Sure, I think we need to listen more than we speak. Mm. And so the first place I would suggest is at home. Maybe start listening more than speaking. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you know that they can't wait for you to finish because they're just working out their answer in oh, your completely. head? Oh, completely. Right. Mm. So imagine if we just asked more questions and we listened more intently. Mm. I think that's the first place. I think the second thing to do is to move the devices away so that you're not as distracted by them. I wonder if you've ever walked into your boss's office and all they're doing is typing on their computer and not actually looking you in the eye. Imagine if they set stepped away from their computer. Imagine if they looked up and had a conversation with you and listened to what you really want. And so I think that we need to listen, but we also need to make sure we manage our devices because device management is a huge, Mm -hmm. important thing when it comes to attention. But I think this book is so important because of this day, day and age of digitalization. Sure. So what have you found is the biggest challenge? In this whole, you know, trying to get people to, to pay attention more because a lot, you know, it's a lot easier said than done to have people mm-hmm. put away their device. I mean, people yeah. are addicted. They sleep with their phones yeah. and their tablets underneath their pillows. I yeah. mean, it's personally, I find the challenge of just stopping. Mm-hmm. And some of that is stopping the old habits. Mm. So it means, for example, if you've always used your cell phone as your alarm clock, could you actually get like a real alarm clock, go back the old-fashioned style? Mm. Because I think analog systems get results too. But what I would recommend is that you think about this as just a tool, right? So the first thing to do is just stop. Just stop and realize what habits are getting in the way. You know, it's fascinating to me when I was researching the book, I learned that nine people die every day because of distracted driving. I mean, that's not okay. We are updating Facebook more important than watching the road. Like, that's ridiculous to me. So we need to stop these bad habits. So for me, I have this real desire to create what I call the attention revolution. I want people to stop what they're doing, to change their habits, to actually start having true intentional conversations with people. And that means that, yeah, you do have to look people in the eye. It also means sometimes you have to say no to things, no to the meeting, no to the conversation. And you mentioned looking people in the eye because you, you make a distinction in the book about an eye connection versus eye contact. Mm -hmm. What is the difference? Well, think about it. When you go to purchase your coffee, the person may look at you, they get what they need, and then they go back to what they're doing. But imagine if you're a barista, if the person serving you actually looked you in the eye, maybe they even learned your name, and the next time they saw you, that you actually had a different connection. Right. One of the hotels I always stay at in the city is the James Hotel. Now, not a family hotel, but the James Hotel. And what I love about it is every time I go there, they say, it's so great to see you again. Welcome back. They stop what they're doing. They look at you. Intently. Mm. Now, I have thousands of choices of hotels that I can stay in, and they've decided that they want to really recognize people by looking you in the eye and connecting for that moment. So I think it's about making the most of that moment. Someone else who's great at that is the Library Hotel in New York. Mm-hmm. They stop what they're doing, they look you in the eye, and they make you feel like you're the only guest on property. And right. you know that's not true, but they're brilliant at eye connection. I think it's different. It's holding that moment with that person because we want to create that one moment moment, that one significant interaction with them. And I'm curious about if, if you are in a successful company, if you're a C-suite member driving a successful company, how do you deal with diagnosis? How do you know if you have an attention problem? What if your company's all in all successful? 
but it could be better, but you're not aware of that because of your attention deficit disorder, so to yeah. speak. So how do you go about diagnosing it? How, do you, how do you fix it if you don't yeah, know if you have a problem? It's such a great question. Look at the numbers. So the numbers I'm talking about, you might be making a t- sales targets, but what are your retention numbers like? What are your internal employee satisfaction scores like? What are those numbers? Because that's a really good indicator for you as a leader into how people are viewing things. Mm. Many of my large media companies do the same assessment every year and their leaders are incentivized based on the scores. So you can then tie that into the remuneration. So look at the numbers would be the first thing that I would do. But the other thing that I would suggest you do is try one meeting as a leader without your device. And then notice, do you actually pay more attention? Are you listening more intently? Are you more focused? Mm -hmm. And then if you're trying to achieve something like brainstorming a new solution for a campaign for a client or a new strategy or a new way to manage a project, Think about a device-free meeting and then diagnose, is it more productive? Are right. people more engaged? Do you get idea. more ideas? Just try one. Just I think it should it be mandatory. I mean, all hands meetings, small meetings, Test just everybody. The theory. Leave your phone at the door yes. and we engage and we make eye connectivity. Right. Now, here's the other thing. If you have a workforce, a team of people who are really addicted to their cell phones, you want to look for opportunities where you can engage them in that as well. So this is not to contradict. It's actually to engage. Sure. So give people things to do if devices are going to be part of it. Allocate someone to be taking the notes and minutes. Allocate someone to do research pieces. Have someone who's on social media who's capturing everything. So this can be a brilliant way to get attention as a business when done well. It can be brilliant if you know how to use it with the employees that you have, but make sure it's not replacing interaction and conversation right. and relationship building. It's a terrific read and it's so it's such a vital topic nowadays. Um, so important in this digital world we live in. But I I just love that you talk about paying attention personally, professionally, globally, and pay attention, attention pays. And I just love the connectivity of it. So uh, it's terrific. And um, the, the title really grabs you, and I like the red cover. Thank you. Thanks for joining us from Down Under. It's which, an absolute privilege. Which is more like Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's just some kind of under New York. But, uh, thanks again for being My pleasure. Lovely to be with you. And if you'd like more information on the book, just check out our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller. TV. Like what you just heard? Visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-sweetradio.com.